BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. You're supposed to announce the show, Janice. That's yeah. your job. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome to uh, uh, Back in the Saddle uh, with Jillian and Janice. Just to digress for a second. Oh, yeah. Your, your face is on all kinds of shit. It is? I can go into some rando store in some rando town and there's like... <laughs> Jill, Jillian Michaels, I don't know, iPhone case. Like, I don't know. Do like, we have an iPhone case, Chief? Yeah, we did those as part of the light X equipment deal. We did? Yeah. And Jillian oh. Michaels, you know, weights and they're like these two pounders. I'm like, I can lift two pounders. I'm like, what? Is it? And there's you, just like God. There's an assortment of weights. Yeah. There's an assortment. And bands and what other shit? Fake eyelashes. I don't know. You're everywhere. You're everywhere. The Jillian Michaels. Do you do you have control of that? Do you guys? Do you guys know? Or are people co-opting your face and just putting it on like <laughs> sometimes they do. There's like shady people on the internet pull that whole card they pull on Doctor Oz where. They'll put oh, Doctor Oz, I have no sympathy for you. I do. Well, uh, they'll pretend that you get behind their diet or their drug or their whatever. And what and do they do? Take a phony. picture of them, and you're in the background. No, like, you'll go like if you do a Google search on your name, diet Jillian Michaels loves or the pill Jillian Michaels can't live without. And I send it to G, and it's usually some like, what is it? Some like weird, like non-existent. Yeah, basically, what they do is they buy domain names and then they park ads against those domain names. So when I go to take them down, they're like, well, we didn't really do anything. It was an agency that did it. So it's just kind of like bait and switch kind of stuff. So they make you, they use Jill's name in the ad. You click on it, but then you don't see Jill anymore. And you're like, well, I got here because of Jill, but where is she? Yeah. control that, though. You can't. Oh, it's actually, no, you can. Can you? Absolutely. Here's a quick lesson. Oh. Every single oh. website yeah. has a registry. Yes. Whether it's private or not. So if it's private, all we do is we find out who's hosting and then make a legal claim against the host. And automatically, the host says, hey, we've got nothing to do with this. We'll shut them down. I oh. know, but gee, you could be chasing your he does. tail. Oh, I do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I do all day long. Yeah, he does all day long. All day long. It's funny when you think about it. Like, we, we, the, you know, we the public, don't have truly no concept of, of what it's like to have to protect I think you know what though I think I think people struggle more nowadays without what I call escape velocity and here's what, what I mean. say that again without okay so hold on escape velocity being a Sweet public Mary. figure yes or a public facing individual right allows you to have a platform that can sustain you in the event of cancellation which I have undergone for decades multiple times <laughs> and the reality is that it's never really the majority that's canceling you. It's always the tail wagging the dog, right? But when you have your own platform, mm -hmm. you can overcome the noise and persist because the majority will still be like, I love you. I signed up for the app. I listened to the show. I bought the book. I da 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 da. Whereas conversely, nowadays, when you say a person that isn't public facing, if they say the wrong thing in the pickup line at school, at the office water cooler, they will literally have their livelihood ripped away from them. They'll be excommunicated from polite society. And that's real now. That used to be the advantage of not being a public figure is you didn't have a target right. on your back. Yep. The world wasn't trying to take you down. But it is. If you're a public figure, you expect to have the scrutiny. You signed up. But... A person that did not sign up yeah. is now always under scrutiny amongst their peer group. When did that change? In 2020? Because it, 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 it's been in the 20s for sure, right? Oh, it's 100% 2020. And is there like a, is there like an incident? Because I know the shift. It, it is, it's very true. It's like, terrifying, I think. So, but what was there, was there something that happened that all of a sudden, like the non-facing person, I love that term, has 
What happened? Uh, you know, there's an expert on this, and I, I've spoken with him in the past on keeping it real. And he wrote a um, his name's Gad Sad. I believe he's an evolutionary psychologist. I'm trying to remember exactly, but he's he wrote a book called The Parasitic Mind, and he talks mm-hmm. about how certain branches of, let's say, academia began slowly over time selling the narratives, right? And I'll never forget, I can tell you the first time I saw it is when my little sister came home from Sarah Lawrence. Uh My brother was living with me, so this had to be about 2018, so five years ago, pre-2020. She came home from Sarah Lawrence, sitting with the kids, and she goes, there's no such thing as gender. Gender is a social construct. My brother's laughing hysterically. The kids are calling her Uncle Lauren. Phoenix is like, show me your penis, right? Everybody thinks it's a joke. Wow, this is family dinner. I said, yeah. <laughs> right up until it's not. Right up until it's not. And if you don't acknowledge Uncle Lauren as Uncle Lauren, which I, this is my sister does not go by Uncle Lauren, but my point is that was growing and we all thought it was funny until it wasn't anymore. And I don't mind. I'll, I'll say personally, I have zero problem. But okay, I'm a true liberal. And this is what that means to me. A true liberal means I don't give a shit who you fuck. I don't care what God you pray to. I don't care what you want to be called. I don't care. Like you do, you as long as you're not hurting somebody and we have laws for that, right? You're not robbing, raping, pillaging, and plundering. I don't care. That's a liberal. I don't care who you voted for. I don't care. I may be curious. I may want to understand you. I, you know, most likely I do, but I'm not offended. I'm not looking to excommunicate you. I have zero interest in watching your life end if you don't agree with me. What I take umbrage with is when we are making people go on the apology tour and ruining lives because they don't think we need to tear the whole system down or they don't agree with you. That's what's gets a little scary. So I think, and, and you're seeing that effect more than public figures, um, or not more often necessarily, but more painfully. Sure. sure. Because they don't have a way out. But what's your way out? Okay, I have escape velocity. So, and, and I also have, escape velocity means a platform that persists, right? So... Do all, do all celebrities me. do all celebrities have a platform? Plat- a lot of them do, okay. I think. Okay. I think a lot of them do. I I mean, listen, I'm not judging Chrissy Teigen, but she's out there all over the news again. I don't yeah, I'm not here to say, but they went for her every single yes, a lot of them do. Absolutely. They go on their apology tour and then they crop up again, right? And a lot of them do. So they, because their platform persists. Now, sure, some of the big networks and some of the big, you know, whatever, media channels and um, corporations. We'll be. I'll be curious to see what happens with Kanye. But you want to talk about? Holy shit! I mean, the guy, yeah. the guy went all the way over that shark. So I'll, I'll be curious to see how it plays out. Um, but I, I think a lot of them do. And the answer is to really stand in your own truth and 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 speak for common sense. But in some cases, it's not an option. Like, there are doctors now that are afraid to tell a patient that they're obese. Yeah. Yeah. It, like, it, it, I was listening to this um, uh, this doctor. Her name's Dr. Casey Means. She's one of the foremost experts on metabolic disease in the world. Type 2 diabetes, right? And she goes on to talk about how she walks on eggshells all day long so she doesn't look like ableist and this and that and all the ists, Right? And all she's trying to say is, guys, we've got to take some self-agency here. This is the way forward. This is going to kill you. It's not true that you're healthy at any size. That's a lie. These are all the mechanisms by which an excess amount of body weight makes you unhealthy. And I'll be clear, you can be unhealthy at any size 100%. The only thing with being unhealthy at a bigger size is excess body fat indicates an overconsumption of calories, which is a trigger for a host of things going wrong in the body. Okay. I'm going to interject here for Please one do second. It. Do it. So I had to go to a gynecologist. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Why? I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> Why? Well, you know, I got stuff going on, you know, stuff down there, you know. But anyway, so I hadn't been to a gynecologist. Herpes? No, no, herpes. Are you kidding? There hasn't been a party in town since 2008. Oh, oh crap. Ooga. 
What? No, not crabs. I had to. I had an atypical pap. Oh, oh so I had oh. to go see the. Anyway, you sure you don't have herpes? No, I'm not going to judge you. It ain't going to happen. It's okay. No, I've. I've. I'm There's no full, stigma. I am. I'm quite happy. Yeah, medicine right now. The fact that you know what, there ain't no more party in the party platform. I okay? disagree with now, that anyway, mentality. So this gynecologist. So I always strenuously object. When, when I ever go to a new person, I always Google them, right? Which is always oh. dangerous. Anyway, so I, I, oh. I uh, Google this guy, local, small town gynecologist. Yeah. Girl or guy? Guy. That's which I wasn't mistake. Yeah, I know. Well, I'm That's there, your first There's mistake. only two gynecologists in the Who whole town. No. Well, I know. When I saw his fingers, I don't think I did. How would you feel if, uh, if you, gee, you went to the doctor and a woman fondled your prostate? How'd you feel? Don't say excited. Actually, I'd rather have a man do it exactly. just because I don't trust myself not to get an erection. Oh, that's tough. Yeah. Oh, well, I didn't I have that, that issue. Ball. That's but... not an issue. Okay, sorry. Uh, never mind. I, there's, just there's, two, there's two gynecologists in the whole little town. Sometimes you go, when, you, when you have to go, you have to go. Okay. okay. <laughs> so what was I going to do? I needed, I needed to find out what, what was going on. Is one of the other gynecologists a woman? Yes. And you chose the man. I couldn't choose because I'm in a socialized medical system. You go oh. when you get when you get the appointment. You go. This yeah. this dives right into what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. I'm so ready. I googled to see. Anyway, there's an article that apparently this gynecologist fat shamed a pregnant woman. So oh. so, anyways, I read the article. Yeah. And then I go. He didn't fat shame nope. her. He told her she was gaining an unhealthy amount of weight for the pregnancy. For the pre- right? And he said that you might have, I can't remember. I'm, I'm paraphrasing, so forgive me. And forgive Gestational me diabetes. Yeah. And he said you may have some. So, but she, yep. uh, I guess, told her husband and said, and so the response, so part of the responsibility is the GD a reporter who put that as the byline. Oh, but he. Local but- gynecologist. Fat shames pregnant woman. Well, who's not going to read that? But mama, that's the whole point because it's clickbait. And if you watch, there's a great Netflix documentary on this, damn it. And I'm trying to remember what it's called. Hold on. But he was just helping her. He was. That's why. And that, guess what? That's why nobody wants to help anymore because no good deed goes unpunished. Right. Which goes back to your original thing where the doctor didn't want to tell whatever you said. Whatever you said. Five hours ago. What is that called? Gee. What is that documentary called about the media? Oh, the social dilemma. The so- you had him on your podcast. Yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a whole show on this on Netflix called the Social Dilemma documentary. Okay, and it talks about how um, it uh, the more you um, kind of aggravate people and anger them, the more they're going to click, and how it's this cacophony of your own ideas and. You know, what's going to get clickbait? So saying that, right, is going to make people mad. They're going to click. Sure. And um, I actually was on a podcast recently of this guy. His name is Jason. He started this company, My Body Green. And he was telling me that there are, there are all these studies into what makes people click. And anger is the number one thing. Sure, so, that would make sense. So these yeah. inflammatory headlines, you know, make you click or yeah, most of the time people don't even read it, which is which is that much more upsetting to me. But that's that is the issue, right? So, and and then the other issue that you've got, and this is so true, is that who owns the media corps? They all are pushing their own agenda. That's why when you look at like Page Six and Daily Mail, Fox, they're owned by a you know right leaning, you know, so they're going to give you that agenda. If you look at what's the one that Bezos owns and. Right, the Washington Post. He's going to give you the news that serves his agenda. It's like privately owned news is uh, you're going to get whatever serves the agenda. And a lot of times the agenda is money. Well, the agenda is always money. Is it bigger picture money? Like how do I serve my business, Jeff Bezos, Amazon? Kind of like how do I serve my big agenda money? Or is it, you know, I want clickbait money and make money on the platform. But it's again, it's the same. That's why we got to... Got to think for ourselves and we got to speak up and vote with our dollars because ultimately you may not feel brave enough. And I understand because people are like, oh, my God, I'm going to get put in the stockades if I defend this guy. Right. If I don't say the emperor's clothes are gorgeous, they're going to put me in the you know solitary with this guy. 
So people are afraid. But if you still go to that guy and you vote with your dollars, that's how you can make a stand. You mean to go to my gynecologist? Yeah. He was very nice. See, we support him. And I did make a little joke. Uh, although I was, I find it odd now that they have to bring somebody else in the room. I just like, I get it. 100%. I get it. I understand it. They it's have like to they have, have to have the person in. I'm mm-hmm. just like, okay, let's have a party here. Why not? <laughs> you know? And, but, but I mean, I said, oh, I hope you have the junior miss speculum. And, and the, and the, the nurse said, pardon me. And I said, well, I'm not exactly, you know, I'm kind of, you know, it's kind of drier than the friggin' Sahara down there. I'm on estrogen blockers, so, you know, let, let's take it easy here. Bring out this big friggin', you know, remember the old one? With the big thing that went in and just went, wah. So I said, do you have a junior miss one? Because it's like tiny. And he goes, oh, we always use that. I went, oh, thank you. So I'm just saying. That, that's that a big one, junior miss? Yes, they put a smaller one in. Why do, why do you need this gigantic friggin' from... From the auto body shop to open you up. <laughs> the jaws of life. The jaws of the friggin' exactly, G. The jaws of life to open you up when they're taking a Q-tip and just going <laughs> and pull it back out. Just, just slow, slow the roll. Put the metal away. Give me some. Uh, what do you call it? What's the plastic you're not supposed to? The BPA. BPA free plastic. And by the way, there's free tampons in that bathroom. I was quite I impressed. Saw that. Are you still using those? Are you kidding? I haven't shoved. No, but I'm in my day. I would have taken a whole pocket full. Oh, free. Oh, Is that free in California now? I don't even know. I'm not sure, but I see them. I see yeah. them at the gym sometimes. Yeah, it's highly convenient. I just wanted to grab one just for old times' sake. No, no, it's been a long. They can pretend to smoke it like a cigar. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Yes. We always friend. S- that's right. Sometimes we'd like them if we had a few cocktails. You let me think. I need. A, I need. A, I feel like if you're willing to share, we should kind of catch people up on what you've been going through while you're on the estrogen. Now, workers. in the middle of cancel culture, well, you brought that up. Oh shit. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I got breast. I got uh, breast cancer. Tell Found us. it myself. I never give a breast examination for I myself don't either. Right? I hate to say it, but I thought you know you're before. supposed to. So I was lying down doing some stretching. I went, hey. That feels weird. It was wow. weird. Weird feeling. Not like a not like a bump, like a like a ropey thing. Oh, how interesting. So I was to the doctor, doctor, and I said, I was just about to leave. I was just about to leave. And I went, Oh, hey, can you feel this? I said, it feels kind of weird. She goes, Oh. She goes, it does feel kind of weird. Sent me to the BC uh cancer uh place for checkup. Took a while to get in, took another oh, two months to get into that. So bad. And anyway. That's so bad. Boom, boom, boom. But then things happen really fast. I had the surgery done, had a lumpectomy. Uh, boom, 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 boom. So they said no nodes. spread. Yeah, so they stick. I still have a blue boob. Like when they do okay. the lymph nodes, your boob goes blue. It does? Why? Yeah, because the dye they stick in to follow oh. the chain of your lymph nodes. Oh, okay, got it. There's some superheroes with blue boobs. One's, um, um, what's that one where they can cheat? Oh, the yeah, yeah, yeah. The one's blue. Oh, yeah. The blue. It's an Avenger? What are they? X-Men. X-Men. You're an X-Man. Oh, God. X-Manus. But then to get radiation is they kind of, you know, I said, you know, isn't it getting, it's been kind of like five months. Shouldn't I be getting (laughs) radiation? What about that? You know, not that I want it, but they chose oh, right. Yeah. And so they just—I'd be shitting myself for five months. I did. There was there was a I lot of messes for five months. So I just oh, so finally I got me it. out. But what are your gray? But yeah, right. Uh, where do you see the guitar strings downtown? Anyway, you got to get rid of those, Mama. No one has those anymore. What guitar strings? Downtown? Oh, you mean that downtown? No one has them. Yes, they do. No, they don't. No, I know you. It had a landing strip for no gone. That's been gone. That's not in style either. What do you mean? You just you took it all out? You can't remove all that stuff. You plucked it. You no, sat you there and it. plucked every hair. Laser, laser. Yeah. Oh come on! There's nothing down there. No. She was born yesterday. Yeah, you got to get rid of all that stuff. There's a reason it's there for to protect. Let me Google it. There's a reason that there is pubic Why hair. Do there has to be. Have pubic so hair. if you're walking in the desert, you don't get sand in your kutch kutch. Oh, it's to reduce friction during sex, but I find that strange. Pubic hair? And other forms of exercise. 
Pubic hair is there to reduce friction. Yeah. Just like eyelashes and nose hair, it can help prevent the transmission of bacteria. And it, bacteria. Bacteria. It can trap dirt and debris. So you're a dirty bird down there now. Well, but see, I don't ever just, who would catch. I don't want hairy, dirty hair and hair dirt and Yeah, but bugs. you're you're just a beacon no. for bacteria. No, but here's the thing. I get rid of the bacteria holders and then I just manage my hygiene. I know where my wife's been. Giancarlo, I don't think he knows. Oh, Giancarlo's in love. Oh, my God. That's right. For the first time since 2015, Janice. Oh, gosh. What a beautiful woman. Oh, my goodness. I know. What you doing with this galoot? Wow. Yeah. Uh, we'll get back to that. So, so where were we? Are you going to live? Because <laughs> I don't want to start this whole thing over again. Yeah. If we're going to die. Yeah, I was just thinking it's a so. lot. It's a huge time commitment. That's right. Back in the saddle with, G- yeah. with Jillian. And then and Janice fell off the horse. <laughs> Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Oh, you look good. Oh, spirit's great. Yeah. Oh, what are you going to do? Exactly. What are you going to do? Freak yeah. out. I would freak no, out. I mean, so- I want to tell you I wouldn't. And I noticed something about myself. You know, when this whole back thing had happened and everybody was like, she hit it from the world. And I was like, yeah, I did. You know why? Because I'm freaking the fuck out. And it doesn't help anyone to see me freak out. So when I've finished freaking out and learned how to manage it, then I can come back around and tell you, okay, this happened. Here's how it worked out. Here's what you need to know. Mm-hmm. But while I'm in the throes and everything's upside down, inside out and backwards, I'm yeah. learning. You know, I'd be learning about breast cancer. I wouldn't be sharing it until it was over. And then I'd be like, okay, here's everything you need to know, right? Like after Heidi had Phoenix, it was such a shit show for her. And the birth was a disaster and all these things. And it's like looking back, I'm like, well, I wish we'd known all these things. Here's what you need to know. Back, you know, fracture. Here's what you need to know. Like, uh uh-uh, I would be freaking the fuck out, which I think helps nobody. This is why I'm saying I wouldn't share it personally. Well, I I I would. There's a a whole school of thought behind that, though, when you you get a diagnosis of any kind. You know, sometimes it is that sometimes you want to tell everybody. You want, because you want that support. You need that army with you. And sometimes it's a very private journey. Yeah. You know, it just, sometimes you just don't. Don't want to talk about it. No. You know what? I will share this, though. Tell me. Everybody's overworked. It's a machine. So you... you, I had to lower my expectation of, A, kind of getting kind of jokey with anybody or possibly uh, trying to lower my stress level because no one... Finds anything funny. Finds anything funny. They can't find humor in it. They can't find... No. They can't... That's so stressful. And also... I hate that. I had to see this one doctor and and I I was... It was just after radiation treatment and he said, I just want to see how it's going. You know, how how are you feeling? I said, yeah, okay. And then I put Christ... I said, you know, I'm just really emotional about it. Of course. I said, it brings up... Um, my mom, my mom had to have radiation and that's what really took her in the end because the radiation was too strong. And I just went, you know what? It's a lot. And, and I started to cry. Yeah. And he just said... Um, are you thinking of, uh, of, are you thinking of hurting yourself? I meant, and I just said, absolutely not. I said, I said, no, I said, no, I'm not. Sometimes it's like, take a second to just go, 
Oh, it reminds you, your mom. Gosh, that must feel, yeah. that must have been really, it must feel scary. It must, you must miss her. You must, you must have had a really but strong connection. Jay, you know Three why. Three little things they could have said. Mama, here's, there's a million things going on, right, in this guy's head. And one is, you know, it depends on the person, right? Some people feel helpless, so they want to fix it, right? Right. So then instead of being empathetic, they don't know how to be, I, I always struggle with that. Yeah. And it's like, just, just say, I'm sorry, you're going through this. Instead, I'm like, what about this? Why don't you take that? You have tension headaches. How about take that? How about blah, 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 blah. You know, some people have that going on. That's their own issues. And it's hard for them to get out of it. And you got to tell them what you need. Hopefully they can listen after telling them a bunch of times. Other people are checking boxes, dotting I's and crossing T's, yep. and they're covering their own ass. Oh, what if she's got to, got to make sure I check this box? Got to make sure I covered my ass here. So they're, they're so we, are, we get become so busy seeing through our own eyes that it's very difficult to pause oh, interesting. and see through someone else's. And this is where, and it sucks, Jay, and I'm sorry, but you could educate a guy like that. Not that you're in any position, but to say, but Jill, you're right. And I should have taken that moment. I should have. He was, uh, he was, he was not the regular doctor. He was a, a more of a student doctor. Uh, and yeah. I could have easily just, I could have said, you know, what would have been, yeah. I, I, he really needs to hear it, Jay, because in the future, he's going to be having a lot of this, obviously. And having, hence the term bedside manner, mama. Mm -hmm. Right, absolutely. You know, and not everyone has it. A lot of doctors don't. And doesn't mean they're not great. My mom had a back surgery. The doctor was an asshole. Did an amazing job. Okay. Right. But so not to not to say walk away from a doctor that but I I think even not just with doctors, but with people in our lives, sometimes this is the whole tell them what you need conversation. It doesn't mean they're always gonna change. And it's extremely disappointing. And you know, it's something I always have to work on. My wife's like, babe, oh my God, I don't want your fucking turmeric and your omega-3s. I'm just telling you I have a bad headache and sleep yeah. well. Yeah. And it, I'm like, oh, okay, sorry, <laughs> sleep well. You know, and then I got a process with my shrink why I can't just let her not be okay. Although I think I'm, I'm and I'm, you are right. I'm just trying to tell you why I think maybe people do this and, and, and it and sucks. I, and, 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 but and we got to teach them. I don't know so interesting though is that you're telling them the issue so it's, i know it's right there on the table it's not like oh she's just depressed you're like i feel this way which i completely understand I, cancer is a different beast and it's very scary to me there are some really exciting stuff on the horizon if we can kick this can um which i'm going to table for a minute but that feeling i had that feeling of life being over when i broke my back and i was like i'm never Am I going to fucking walk again? Like, am I going to be able to have sex with my wife again? Yeah. Am I going to be able to go to my kids' soccer games again? I did not get off the floor for three months. I couldn't walk. Like, even now, and this body that could get me through everything, right? That could, yeah. I would friggin', I, I'll never forget there was an episode of Biggest Loser where one of the contestants, this guy, Dr. Jeff, I think it was season two, got to be 400 pounds, stepped on my knee as a leg up to get on, a raw, on my thigh. Oh. As a leg up, and I was fine. My mom's like, you can't do that. Fine. I've always been fine. I've always, I've never so much as broken a bone. Yeah. And I'll never forget when Dr. McGill, who helped me, Canadian, helped me rehab my spine. He goes, listen, Jillian, at the end of the day, you're never going to get your old back back. You're going to have to be smarter. You're going to have to be more careful. How did, that, how did that feel to hear that? Oh, I was hysterically crying. Yeah. In the car. Yeah. At Valentine's Day with the Shannon. No doubt. And tears were just streaming down my face. And I felt like... I got hit by a bus. Yeah. And I, I am, listen, I'm much better at my job now. I think I'm more empathetic now than I was. I have a completely different understanding. It's forced me to learn a whole new skill set again. Even though I owned a sports medicine facility, you don't really understand until you understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is, by the, you know, there are certain aspects of wellness I don't touch because I haven't lived through them. I can guess at it. There's a reason I haven't written a book on menopause yet. I can guess at it, but I personally don't oh, know. Could I be part of that? Def <laughs> definitely. <laughs> definitely. But, but I get what you, I, I understand. You know, but I think it's like, anyway, I'm so sorry you went through that moment. No, but you, but you know what? But it was, it was, it was, the silver lining is I've re realized more and more how it must be to talk, to talk to somebody. Yep. Say something. Like, with people who are about who are sick or have somebody's died 
don't be afraid to say something. People are, though. Just say something. You can't make it worse. I know I felt I could make it worse. Like, I have a friend who's going through the same thing you are. And you and I kind of touched on this because I was like, I'm not quite sure what line to walk here. Some people, like my wife, when she spins out of control, I have to be like, babe, stop. You're going to be fine. And I got to tell you, we had a breast cancer scare. I swear to God, they found atypical cells, a bump, die-cast MRIs. It was like last summer, freaking out. She's a hypochondriac, by the way, freaking out. And I was like, baby, no matter what happens, this is early. This is this. This is that. We're going to be fine. She does better with that. My friend Barb, if I turned around and said, Barb, this is going to be fine. She's like, can I have my fucking pity party, please? Can you just... So... You're know, right. With Barb, I'm like, I'm so sorry you're going through this. But then I, 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 I like, I, I um, balance it with the, you know, it's gonna be okay. But I can't imagine what it must feel like right now. I try to kind of, and I think people they are awkward. They don't know what to do. I'm not saying any of it's right. I, I think hopefully people will take something away from this and say, let me try to listen or let me communicate with loved ones on how I need them to listen. It's a, you know, that two, two way street. So I wanted to, to, to what you were talking about and and the point that you made before Jillian about, you should have used that opportunity to let that doctor know. You could have, you could. So this past August, unfortunately my friend was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer and didn't make it. However, what I saw happening to the family in the reality of family members, like he's going to be fine. Doctor saying he's not going to be fine. And there was no moment in where anyone was stepping up to be like, listen, this is what's going to really happen. And me being an advocate for my friend who ultimately is no longer with us. I specifically asked the family and the doctors to have a meeting where he could, cause they were already kind of starting to move to uh, move him to hospice. And I just remember, I said, look, And I looked at the doctor's face and she kind of looked at me and she's like, thank you for doing this. I said, just have a real conversation with them right now and tell him he's not going to make it. His 10-year-old twins need to know that daddy is not going to magically reappear. Yeah. And we did that. And guess what? He's been gone since August and the family's doing much better. But they had the time because I forced the conversation to happen yeah. that didn't no one wanted to have yeah. when he was actively dying. The denial of it yeah. is yeah. really surprising. That's, that's, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, the, there's the, obviously these are all different different scenarios with very different outcomes. But it's it's having real talks, I think is what you're saying, yes. with yeah. empathy and honesty. Really listening and really being present. You know, my my wife's very close friend. Her mother just died about a week ago of pancreatic cancer. When she was diagnosed, you gee, you'd just been through what you went through with Leo. I know enough about pancreatic cancer. And it's the worst one, arguably. And I was like, baby, this is done. And she was so mad at me for saying that. She's like, I can't believe you'd say it. I didn't say it to her friend. She's like, I can't believe you'd say that. How could you be so insensitive? And I was like, do you find it insensitive? I'm like, I'm not lying to you. This is done. Do you want me to lie to you? Because I will. Because she's like, what can you tell, you know, her mom and Tatiana's mom? Like, who can you call, baby? Can you, what can you, who do you know? And I was like, sweetheart, this is done. This is over. Focus on giving her the best quality of life. And she was so pissed at me. (laughs) It's not funny. But I thought I was doing her the favor of being like, baby, resign yourself, start grieving, help Tatiana prepare. And she was like, I am not ready to give up hope. How could you? Why are you so... You know, yeah, hopes, hopes of it messes with people. It messes with people. Absolutely, G. Hope, hope is a. You know, we we're told you have to have hope. I don't know, man. It's a, I mean, having ten-year-old kids telling you, "Well, Dad taught me that God does good things for people that are good." So why is this happening to Dad? I mean, where do you go? You know, the answer, yeah, where do you go? Here's where the answer: go? You're supposed to be a realist. Optimism is a fool's errand. And pessimism is a one-way road to hell. One way, a straight shot down to the bottom. You know, there's a there's something in a sailing. Uh, let me find it. Hang on, a sailing. You can't analogy. you can't change the, the wind, sails. but you can change. No, you can't change the direction of the wind, but you can adjust your sails. That's it.
VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Okay, so I, 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 I needed a new salad spinner. What's and, that? You know, you spin the salad, you put the salad in and you spin it. I know what toss the salad means. And it's inappropriate for the show. No. <laughs> oh, yeah, there is something. There's a naughty something, isn't there? Toss my salad. It has a new name now, but yeah. Is it something to do with the bum? Yes. It used to be. I'm going to call G. Hell no. No, I don't want to hear G's interpretation. It scares me. Okay, that's fair. I something it, about the bum. I think so. Okay, no, this is a that's salad. That's what you've been up to? <laughs> no, no. Vancouver, this is a salad spinner. You put, really? the, you put it in the thing. Okay. You wash it, and then you pull the little thing or turn the handle, and it dries it. Oh, Paul just pulled up a photo. That's a waste of money. Well, it works. Oh. It's better than a paper uh, towel, than a hand towel. Anyways, it doesn't matter. I'm oh, in the yeah. freaking kitchen section Got of it. the little store. Okay. Looking for, and I, this yeah. uh, young child and her, and I don't know, and two two women. Oh. I don't know what the what the relationship was. Oh. And um, anyways, so the, the little girl says, as I'm on my back, she goes, Oh, we could make jello. Right? Uh, your your voice my thing little, is that's trying to do it's a, like a horror film. Yeah. Oh, don't we, don't do the voice. Okay. So the little kid goes. Yeah, oh, skip that. That's we, that's scary. Yeah, actually. We could make jello better. And better. and so, but the mom says, or the mom. I don't know if it's the mom. Okay. Says, no, we can't right now because we've got to do this and then we got to do that. But but look at you, look at you with that idea. Oh, my goodness, look at you with that. Oh, honey, that's great. I'm like, the kid just wanted to make jello. She didn't get Russia out of Ukraine. <laughs> it's like, why are we over? You know what? And, and, and call me, call me projecting because, you know, maybe, maybe part of me is a little bit like, you know, my folks didn't, weren't, weren't big with the, with the congratulatory things. That wasn't kind of my, my family's dynamic. You know, we just... But honest to God, if that kid is raised oh, yeah. above so high yep. for saying, we could make jello, where is the bar? Yeah. I, 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 I don't even understand. I honestly yeah, but then Jill, here's I, the problem is they don't have a ton of resilience. So as much as like, I love Rogan. I'm just going to come out there and say, it. I don't agree with everything he says, but I love him. And he has these kinds of conversations all the time. And he's one of the only people that are willing to have them, arguably because he has escape velocity. And they've come for him a million times. But he talks about it and other people come on his show and talk about it. And, you know, he had a woman on from North Korea who's like, you've got kids here that don't go to school because like German music in their music class offends them. Right. Because that German was like not a good person. She's like, we would kill someone to go to school. Like, you, um, where is your, these kids are, like, music is offending you? Like, it, this is the same conversation with pronouns. Like, if someone gets your pronoun wrong and you're calling for their head, like, you just don't have enough real problems in life. There is not enough adversity coming to you. Dr. Phil talked about this, actually, on Rogan. And he said that they're not being forced to contend with true adversity. And it gives them a skewed sense of the world and it isn't setting them up but what's, what's that kid with adversity? I don't understand. Because if you tell the kid that she's hung the moon every five seconds, right? Like, then she's going to think I hung the moon and all my thoughts and feelings are right. And she's never facing down. Like, if it's coming from that argument, like, if you hung the moon, then I'm sure she's also not allowed to have a bad feeling. And if oh, something goes wrong at saying. school, I'm sure they're going to fix it. And it's like, no, 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 you're perfect. There's never going to be any self-reflection. So I, I think it's indicative of kids not having the resilience. So in your business, personally, though, in your, you know, you ask me why I don't have a personal assistant anymore. Yes, I am. Oh. <laughs> oh, my God. Because, and I'm sorry, listen, I think there are brilliant people in every generation. But I think the culture at this moment in time, mainly coming 
from a much younger generation is like, fuck you, Karen, I do what I want. Right? Everything is like, if you complain, you're a Karen. And Karen, fuck Karen. I don't care about Karen. Like, there's, you could, well, okay. You could, I went to a coffee store, right? Coffee shop. It was a Fendi pop-up coffee place. I bought three coffees that were $66. What? Yeah. One was, and they put in a 20% tip because now everything's included, which sucks because customer service is going downhill because of it. But <laughs> right. I ordered a green tea, a shot of espresso, and two other coffees. They put the espresso, I said a green tea, a shot of espresso, not with a shot of espresso, right? They put the espresso and the green tea. Long and the short of it is I was like, oh, no, I'm sorry. I needed them separate. The barista goes and talks to the cashier. They have a little powwow. And they're like, well you know, these two things go together. And I was like, but I didn't order them together. And they're having a whole thing. And they're like, well, you, you know, this is a drink. And I was like, I'm not arguing with you. I'm not kidding. I'm getting in a, I'm getting talked to by a 20 year old cashier. And then all of a sudden I lose my shit. Cause I'm like, what am I doing? You know, you're like, am I, are you fucking kidding? I just paid you $20 for this coffee, you little bitch. You fuck it up. Go fix my coffee. So I go, hold on a second. Hold Don't on. Tell me. You just gave yourself a 20% tip on my $20 coffee that you fucked up and I handled with kid gloves. And you're going to argue with me for five minutes about the coffee? I go, what do you want to do? You want to go outside, get into fisticuffs? Is that what you're trying to accomplish right now? Or you want to fix the coffee or refund my money? That is what I'm dealing with today at every turn of the wheel. Like every turn of the, what, turn of the screw, whatever it is. Every single turn is that all day long. If you complain, you're a Karen. Now, I just gave this talk on business, okay? As I'm talking, I'm going back through my notes on the talks I used to give about this because I haven't given a business talk in a while. And I'm looking at Jack C. Taylor, who started Enterprise, right? Long and the short of it is that this guy was 40 years old and made a couple of misturn, you, you know, wrong turns. And he decides he's going to get into the rental car business. He's competing against Hertz. He's competing against National. They've locked up all the spaces at the airport, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, what two advantages do I have? One is he looks for the white space. So the white space in this particular instance is I'm going to rent cars to people whose cars are in the shop, not people who are on vacation since he couldn't get locations at the airport. So he's looked for the white space. Smart. He's given himself at least some wiggle room. But he delivered a, quote, delightful, customer experience exceeding the customer's expectations, which begot peer-to-peer referrals and repeat business. Remember the customer's always right? Mm -hmm. That died somewhere along the lines from boomers to Z. And it's dying because of shit like, wow, Joe, that's why. You're too good for this. You're too good for that. You should never have to compromise. You are always right. Don't don't allow anything that offends your delicate sensibilities. I'm telling you, it's overparenting. It's helicopter parenting that has begotten this lack of resilience and this sense of entitlement, and not from an entire generation, but for sure, a lot of individuals in it, for sure. Okay, so that conversation you had with that person when you were personally training them to how you would train someone now, has that changed because oh, of what I, we're talking about? But I won't change. So... Here, okay, because you here's have to be one. very encouraging when you're training somebody. You at least, but here's the other one. Ready? The other one is I could look at a New York Times article about me a decade ago, and I'm literally like, oh, she's so accepting of of people that are obese, and she's like, she's empowering them, and she's hugging them, and she's this and she's them, right? Because that was the them, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would so they were marginalized, and it, all that existed. But now I've gone from being that woman that was like, no, 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 no. There is a way forward for you. You are capable of greatness. And we're going to get there at any cost. Diabetes and all this shit is a no-go. We're going to skip it. On to the next one. Man the fuck up. And I was a hero, right? Yep. Globally, a hero. Now I'm a fat shamer. Nothing's changed. <laughs> New York Times has called me a fat shamer more times than I can count. Literally, what changed? Except the people working for the New York Times. Yeah, gotcha. So if I turn around and I say that I don't celebrate obesity, and I would say to that same kid, no, 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 no. Right? Like, 
This is not. Listen, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. There are people that are overweight that are beautiful inside and out. But being big as in being unhealthily overweight is not a beautiful concept. That's Mm -hmm. not beautiful. Being unhealthily overweight is not beautiful, right? It's dangerous is what it is. And I'm not going to tell you that that's beautiful. And I'm not going to celebrate it because it's killing people. I'm always going to stick with that message. But if your sensibilities are too delicate to hear it, then Jillian Michaels is a fat shamer. Because that kid who's got the great jello yeah. grows up to be the kid that was never contradicted, that was never challenged, that was never told, actually, eh, not a great job. And my parents would tell me all the time when I did something shitty. You could have done better. I tell Lou all the time. <laughs> all the time. She just got a D and an F. And then lied to me about something with her phone. And then was like, I didn't do anything and, you know, no responsibility. And I was like, let me tell you, this is going to work. Okay. You're not getting any of this shit back until you write me a letter and tell me why you got a D and an F and why you were trying to break into your, you know, parent passcode thing on your phone. And then she's like, well, honestly, mom, I thought I knew it. I got caught up in the school festival. I wanted to play. And, you know, when I saw the words, they weren't familiar to me. And going forward, I'm going to fix it by reviewing better before I go on the play date and I understand there'll be consequences if I don't. I was like, fucking A, here's your phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's it. Take, show me you can take responsibility for what went wrong. You know what I mean? But like... I do, I do. And I, and I preface this whole conversation with when... Yeah, 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 that that, that <laughs> maybe I was a bit, you know, uh, you know, that my folks didn't... However, my but folks... One extreme begot the other, though. You were that generation that needed more praise. Yes, I was the... Ge- swing. I was the I was a generation that needed more praise. However, um, my parents gave me a lot of leeway to figure shit out. Like, they gave me a lot of space to... Like, I, I couldn't... I, I didn't ask them every little thing that I needed help with. It just did it. Do you know what I mean? So Mom, part- I can't... It's such a different... I know what you're saying. Because you're like, at 17, I was out on my own. And, you know, and it's like 30, living with our parents. But, and I do have to give this generation, as in particular the millennials I'm going to talk about at this moment in time, is they will tell you literally how the system is rigged against them. And they're not wrong. Like, when you listen to them talk What's about... What's the millennials age again right now? Uh, is that a 30s? 20, like 7 to 41, okay. I think. Okay, yeah. Okay, so all my nieces uh, here, and nephews. listen to... Okay, hang on. Tell me what you think of this. Hang on. All right, hold on. What? Oh, I'm Boomer. Shit. We went from Boomer to X. Boomer to X, that's right. I'm never going to own a house. Interest rates are only rising, and prices are staying pretty much the same. Wages haven't kept up with housing costs, and supply is stagnant or dwindling. I worked pretty much two jobs for almost 15 years, increased my salary over time, and everything in my area is still out of reach. The only houses I can afford are about to collapse or haunted. I can't help I want to live in a place with luxurious things, like jobs and stuff to do. I don't want to leverage debt or become a landlord. I don't want to use every dollar I have and become cash poor. I don't want my parents to die just so I can get half a house. My entire future is riding on risky investments. The best possible outcome is complete financial collapse, and I know I'll go down with the ship. Realtor and you're watching this, please do not take this as an opportunity to reach out to me to assist with my home buying journey. It's not happening, and there's nothing you can do to help. On a side note, realtors are the DJs of your 30s. Go ahead, landlords. Milk this cash cow for all he's worth. Go own nothing and be happy. Okay. That is the millennial struggle right there, though. So part of it is that yeah. you and I are like, well, I made a book and we worked. And they're like, dude, it's a different game right now, though. And it is. You know, my dad's generation, interest rates were 17% during Reaganomics. I mean, they ran with the ball. Like, right now, every day, I'm just playing devil's advocate. I'm showing kind of all sides of this because I think that's critical, right? Every day in business, it's an extinction-level event. Like, you're Katie Couric. You could build a career behind that desk for 40 years and nobody would unseat you because you were suddenly white and it wasn't cool or suddenly straight and it wasn't cool or middle-aged and it wasn't cool or nobody fucking watches TV anymore. TV's not cool. Nowadays, you build a career on TikTok 
and TikTok goes night night. They're gonna shut that down, yes, right? Looks like you. It. They're they're gonna nail it. It's gonna it's it's got a few nails in that coffin. Yeah. It's one nail away. You build a career in print. Print is dead. You were selling albums. Those days are over. Like whole entire industries collapse overnight. You cannot get enough stability to build anything these days. You can't tune a business because by the time you've built it and tuned it, the whole medium is done. It just is. So that's that's the other thing I think with millennials where, because uh, I'm with you. I used to have that fight with them when I was like at 17. I was on my own. I pay my bills. And it's just, and then I'll talk to my brother. He's like 34. I'll talk to Jake, who's 31. And they're like, you just don't even understand what we're facing. Yeah. You no longer, like, you bought a house when you still could. And you know what's crazy, Janice, is that as true as that is, I sold the beach house in early 21. Big mistake. Because from 21 to 23, the houses in the market where I wanted to live have at least doubled. Oh, my God. And I told my wife, I'm like, I feel like I lost millions. She's like... You lost millions? I'm like, no, no. I mean, I guess so. She's like, what do you mean? I'm like, because $3 million two years ago would have bought me that $10 million house. <laughs> I swear to God. Right. So if I'm feeling it and I have money, I can't imagine what these kids are feeling. Just some perspective. No, and that's I'm true. with you all day long, but. But but I get it because I, as I said, when we, when we first came in today, my brother uh, has worked in the grocery business for he worked 50 years in the same company man. 50 years and i wow. said randy i said you're tired man you're tired but he wants to make but his kids are that age his kids are in their mid-30s and he wants to help them get a house and i said yeah. randy you gotta it's, it it might not happen you can't keep that's the thing i don't, I don't want my parents to die so i can own half a house that's right yeah. right and it's just and he feels he's so torn and hanging it up because he feels like he's going to fail his kids. I'm just like, oh, man. I know. It's a really but, screwed up situation yeah. across the board. And I think what's happening is people just don't, we don't have the answers. And then you've got these major overcorrections. The truth is it's somewhere in the middle, right? It's not, okay, Janice, you know, no one's going to clap. You figure it out and be proud for yourself because stiff upper lip, right? Yeah, we yeah. were the children of the Great Depression. So, so suck it up, kid. Builds character, which is like, you know one extreme to kind of a slightly a scenario that's slightly less extreme but then to the complete opposite swing of that pendulum and he likes a jello 